Hello, and welcome to the World Schooling Space, the podcast that is here to help people embrace their journey into world schooling. Each episode, I look at different aspects of world schooling and talk with other people about their experience of world schooling. This is episode seven, and I'm your host, Irene Jenelin. Today, I have one of my favorite people as our special guest, my husband and life partner, Andy. Hi. And we are here today to talk about how we do this. That's one of the main questions we get when we tell people that we're world schooling or if they're starting to think about um, how to finance traveling. So I wanted to talk with Andy a bit about how we finance it and then also dive into our budget and how we go about doing that. So Andy, when people, when you meet people and they say, how do you do it? What's, what do you tell them? Well, from a financial point of view, how do we do it is, uh, well, we, we have a budget and we also, I have a remote job that, that helps pay for it. And, uh, we make it work that way. Uh, but, but one thing to think about is when we don't have any property um, and for a while there, we didn't even have a car. And so when you don't own those things, th- those, are, those are big ticket items that you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. When we were at the farm and we left, I kind of calculated it out. What it cost us to be at, whether we were there every day at the farm or not. And it came out to be $65 a day. And of course, that that number is going to vary for everybody, depending on what your property taxes are, what your garbage is, what your internet is. Um, uh, let's see what other costs would go Where into it. Where you live in the country? Yeah, it's there's th- what your mortgage is. There's so many things that go into that. But for us, it was sixty five dollars a day. And I imagine if you lived in San Francisco, that would be three four hundred dollars a day, whether you're there or not. And so since we're not there, that's just, we can take that money and put it towards our lodging, our eating, everything where, where we're, we're, uh, we're currently residing. Great. Thank you. And I know we will be talking about budget soon, but I know that that's been helpful as well because the way that you track our spending and categories, we can average that out over the course of a year as well. So when we were in Hawaii, spending more like $120 a night minimum for lodging, we knew that we'd be spending some time with our family where it wouldn't cost us anything. So there it would kind of average out to about $60 a day, like one week at $120 a night versus one week of paying $0 in lodging per night balances out to $60 a day. Yeah, and that's and that's how we look at it is we do it through our a whole year and so far we've actually been under that $65 a day for lodging and uh, so it it works for us to do it to think of it that way yeah and I will also say there's different ways to go about finding lodging on the world schooling journey one thing we've done is we've done some house sitting gigs for friends and acquaintances and We've worked out whether we did it for free or paid for utilities while we were there and made an arrangement with the owner. I know there's professional online resources, although we haven't yet tried that ourselves, like where you can do um, house sitting for pets while people leave. Yeah, trusted house sitters. Yeah, trusted house sitters in the U.S. Yeah, and, and whatever you do, you, you have to get into enough to make it worthwhile 
Uh, what I mean by that is if you're going to do trusted house sitters just once, you probably won't pay um, for a couple different reasons. So, so whatever you do, you have to do quite a bit to learn all the ins and outs and if there's any other fees that go along with it. Why do you think it's important to have a budget? We have a budget. Uh, we started to create budgets when we were farming and we realized um, like any business that if you, if you had a business and not have a budget, I think you probably be in trouble or you were really lucky that uh, because most businesses, you always have more wants than you have money. And so we created this, this budget uh, called holistic budgeting and we used it for our farm and then we use it for our personal as well. So we had two different budgets going on at the time. And they kind of had this, I want to say a little convoluted spreadsheet. So I'm like, I looked at this and I kind of like rolled my own, uh, meaning I made my own uh, Google spreadsheets for it, one for our, our farm and then one for our, our personal. And we still use that same one today and it works well for us. And so why, why do you have a budget? It's super nice in the respect that you don't have to really worry about money as much. And like, if you have, you just at the beginning of the year, you plan out for all your, your big things that you would have like, um, uh, taxes or life insurance policies. And you just put that right in there and you just don't have to worry when it comes up. Like, do we have the money or not? It's just, it, it's a, you, I think a budgeting is, um, makes you sleep better at night because you don't have to worry about the money as much. Is that a good start? Yeah, thank you. Um, I was also trying to remember the exact uh, name of the program, and it was, I think it was called Holistic Farm Management, was the name of our budgeting. But I've done some research online to try to find it again, and it's not easy to find. So one thing I would suggest if other people are looking for, like, well, if you're doing a Google search after hearing this podcast, I don't know that you'll actually find that one in particular. Um, but another place is, oh, what is it? There's a religious one, financial freedom, financial family freedom. I would have to look to be clear. You know, there's there's um, probably a hundred different types of way of budgeting. And a lot of it is you just need to figure out one that works for you and your partner and allows you that the whole goal is does it make you sleep better at night and and if that budgeting plan makes you you do that that's works some budgeting plans they charge you money to do it and uh i'd be a little careful on that as well because when you're all suddenly paying to do a budget it boy it's gotta it's gotta help you out and, and I think a lot of budgeting tools are, to use the term, I guess, half-ass. They're like, they kind of get you there. But in the end is you, you really, if you're going to use a budget, you need, you and your partner need to follow what you decided to do. And if it's not working, you keep adjusting until it works. If one partner is budgeting and the other partner is just like not really paying any attention, like, yeah, whatever. It's not budgeting. You, you might as well just throw it out the window and just live day to day. And, you know, maybe, and maybe that's your strategy. Mm -hmm. I agree. And another reason I will say in my response to why I make a budget, I remember when we were at our farm and 
before we had started budgeting at all, and Andy and I were newly together, newly married, and there'd be times where it's like, okay, Andy just got paid. We're doing great. And then I'd be like, oh no, we have to pay property, uh, tax. property tax. Like, oh shoot, we forgot about property tax. And it's like, oh, we have no money. And it felt like this huge emotional roller coaster of like, doing fine. Oh no, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. And it totally would ruin um, the emotions and the feeling of the place until the next time you got paid. And so I would say, why I make a budget, in my opinion, is it really helps to regulate the emotions around money. And it takes some of that scarcity feeling and you know that you've budgeted this much or you have this much to spend, which really helps. Okay, so once you decide to make a budget and you've come up with your method of doing it, in our, in our um, experience, it's been using an Excel spreadsheet. And, and it's actually not Excel, it's a Google Sheet. Okay, a Google spreadsheet. Yeah, me. a Google spreadsheet. And we did that because it's all online and we can access it from anywhere, including our phones. Like, do I have money to buy this? Yeah, which we do. do. And once in a while, I'd be looking up, like, do I have money in my own account? Yeah. And Andy shares it with me. And then sometimes, well, let's talk about some of the categories first, and then I'll circle back around to what I was saying. So Andy, what are some of your categories in the budget? Yeah, so categories are interesting, right? Too many categories and you're spending all the time just trying to figure out what goes in what category and you're playing a game of like that. that it, it just can be, it can, too many is, is doesn't work, too few, then why are you budgeting kind of thing too. So what do we got? We got three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We got about 20 categories and um, I'll just kind of list some of them off like one and, and some of these are catch all. And I found that that, you know, you you want you want it to kind of work. And, and we've changed it as our life changes. Like sometimes like one year I'm like, I'm going to add a new category in um, for this next year because I think it'd be a good idea. So here's a, some categories and what they're used for. So one in the first category is, is alphabetical is activities and um, activities is pretty much any activity we do that's going out for the movies that's um that's bikes that's biking that's so it's you know it's um it's going for a camp for ani if she wants right um so that's quite a bit and we put quite a bit of money into it then the next three are our auto when we have a car and which we do this year and we got you know auto fuel auto insurance and auto maintenance and um and something like uh the fuel is, you know, based on previous years. And of course, you know, changing of gas prices and stuff like that can, can fluctuate with that. Then insurance, um, that's pretty, it's a set one. We usually know that. So it's nearly not, you don't have to worry about it. And then maintenance, we just put in a set amount every month and then maybe we use it. Maybe we don't, right. That's kind of, I'll call that like almost an insurance policy in case something happens. Uh, we have a charity budget item. Uh, education. This is kind of a new one we've added in, and it's more for like any strict education stuff. And I'm not even 100% sure if it's that's a good one or not, but it seems to work um, because it kind of melds in with the activity. Yeah, right? there's there's a little bit of gray area. Yeah, but like our we do have a couple curriculums that we follow. So recently, I renewed one of them, and that came out of our education budget. And then we have lodging, which obviously is kind of important, especially for us on, on the road. We balance it as that we try to average $65 a day throughout the year for our lodging. And, and that's just spread out. 
uh, per month. And then we have meals. Um, I remember when we had the farm, we had food and then we had dining. Well, now that we're kind of our, our nomadic lifestyle, it's just meals. That's just everything. Groceries. Yeah. Farmer's going, market. Yeah. Going out to eat. So everything is just anything to do with food, meals, uh, medical, uh, a miscellaneous one. And a miscellaneous really doesn't have any money going to it, but sometimes you have something that comes in and comes out kind of quick that has nothing to do with this. And you just want to just, you just need a miscellaneous one. We have three personal ones. We have personal Andy, personal Ani, and personal Irene. And whatever you want to spend in that, um, you can. Obviously, Ani doesn't quite use her money that way, but it'd be like if she needs clothes. That's that's mm-hmm. what personal is. It's like it's only to that person. And if I may interject a story here. Yeah. I remember we were in somewhere in the middle of the U.S. Kansas. Kansas. Wichita. Wichita, Kansas. And Andy was working, and Ani and I went to a playground to pass some time while he was working from a coffee shop or a library. Anyhow, there was a little girl there who came and had just gotten a hoverboard and she was with family and friends and they were all taking turns riding it. And they were, she was kind enough to let Ani give it a try as well. So Ani like fell in love with this thing. And I think Ani was maybe five at the time. And it was kind of one of the first things that physically I'd seen her get excited about. This is before she could unicycle or bicycle. So I'm like, oh, be really fun to get this hoverboard but they're kind of expensive i think they're around 200 bucks maybe 220 yeah at that time at that time so i talked to andy about it because of course she wanted to get one and then we were able to have this conversation with her about budgeting and say well we have this category for you called personal ani let's see how much money is in it and if you decide that you want you know if we as a family decide to spend your money on the hoverboard it just means we will have less money until next month when it's going to be replenished. So we looked and sure enough, we had enough in that budget. And then we went to Target and bought it. And I felt like it was just a nice little teaching moment for her to get a little glimpse into a real life want and how that was able to be fulfilled. Okay, Andy. Continue. All right. Okay. And then one more personal category and that's personal other. And um, that's just, it's kind of a catch all that's like, Hey, we need to give a gift to someone or it, it's what it's something that doesn't fit into any of the other ones. Um, I have a savings one category, and that's just money that goes into our savings. Uh, you know, maybe I might not have that next year, depending on you know the circumstances that might go away. Um, travel category, and that's like buying plane tickets and train tickets. Train tickets, yeah, that's kind of what I use that for. And then we have three utilities: utilities, internet, because we pay for um, our internet or space online, um, life insurance, and then our phones, our smartphones. So that's, that's our categories. And like I said, it, it's, you, you know, you need to kind of figure if you were to do this, you need to figure out what works for you and, uh, how, how many I, I would, I would suggest to go less than more. And then Adam years later, just don't, don't go too many. Is what I'm trying to say. I think I think you'll you'll cause more trouble because in the beginning of the year you're gonna have to allocate money to each one. And so if you're creating a category that you just don't use, well then that's money that's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, how frequently do you update the budget? So how often do I go into it? And I know I've talked to people about this, and um, what happens to some people is they start checking it daily, and it becomes this obsession. And so 
but obviously you don't want to check it like three months from now and like, Oh yeah. You know, like what's the point of a budget done? So I kind of will probably check it maybe four or five times a month, but I really only put some serious time into it probably twice, maybe three times a month, like three times. Like that's when I'm like kind of doing some quick balancing or it's, you know, paying the credit cards and, and that. So, so not, I don't think that's too much, but um, I guess that depends upon which, what you think about that. And I've noticed that um, how we do it is that he shares this budget with me. And so I, sometimes he'll say like, Hey, I'd really like to talk with you at some point soon to just go over some budget categories. I'm not sure what this transaction is or what the store is. And I don't know where to put it. So what I do sometimes is I'll look on my phone or on my own personal computer to see what the item is because he has it highlighted since it hasn't been put into the right category. And then I'll just put in the comments to the right what it was for. And then we'll come together and have a conversation or he might just put it into that category because he's the one that always categorizes it to make it consistent. And then we will have a conversation about how we're doing this month or currently. And I always feel Um, I don't know if you feel this too, Andy, but once we've done that, it feels kind of like a bit of a reset and that we're on the same page again. And it feels like, okay, we know our money. And to me, I feel like money definitely has energy associated with it because of how it makes you feel. Like I had mentioned before, that roller coaster feeling when you feel like you have none or you have a lot. So when we're both on the same page about how we're doing, then we can like joyously, like, let's say we have a lot of money in meals. And then it's like, we feel good about going to the farmer's market and spending a little bit of money on something that might cost more if we know we're doing well in that category that month. Or if we know we're a little bit tight, then we just decide to eat in more, you know, or whatever it may be. But it's a great way of coming together as a couple and just feeling like, okay, we're in this together. We know where we're at. We can continue forward. Um, Yeah, I remember there's a story of of, uh, what the budgeting really came in handy once was at our farm, um, we had this notion, or I should say I had this notion that, um, we should have a windmill at a farm and, uh, it didn't work. That's, that's the short version. <laughs> and, um, and you could argue that that could have been kind of why one of the reasons maybe we're, we're not farming still. And, but the windmill basically went bankrupt. The company did. And all suddenly we were going to be saddled with a loan. And so all suddenly at one time we were essentially making two, mortgage payments so to speak one was to our farm and then one was about the same price to paying for a windmill that which we didn't have and um i remember like doing the calculations like we're gonna run out of money completely savings and everything wise in like two months and so that's when the budget like really got tight i remember going to the grocery store and like every time like you have 40 dollars to spend at the grocery store so i'd itemize every item out to um you know to make sure we stayed within the budget you know to make sure because because we knew that we were going to run out of money at some point so we needed to stretch as long as we could so there was a case where the the budget was nice it's it's actually kind of nice to have enough money where you can go shopping and not really worry about it too much but um but it does have that option that if you need to get really strict then then the budget can also come in handy as well like you know, mm-hmm. then then I think you'd be checking a lot more than three times a month. You'd probably be doing it maybe you know maybe ten times a month because you'd have to be super strict on it. Mm-hmm. And oh, that makes me think too of so when you are tight in a category, 
you have to decide when you do your budget how you take and add money to that category when needed. And Andy and I actually have different opinions on how to do this. The way I look at it is what I understood from the holistic financial planning training that we took for our farm, where they gave the example, say, of like, oh, I don't know, um, someone said something around needing to buy supplies for their strawberries. And they're like, this is really, I think this is more important than labor. So then she just reached out to her mom and had her mom come and help her do more weeding in her garden instead of like paying somebody else to come on farm. And so what you can do is start to get creative around the categories. Like, okay, like I don't, clearly Ani needs to get new shoes, but her category is low, but we happen to be doing well with meals. So we might take some money from the meals to put it into the shoes. That's how I would approach it. Um, Andy, you prefer to like take from the future. Yeah. So, so this is really hard. Um, this is a podcast and and I'm looking at a spreadsheet right now and you obviously can't see that, but, but how we do it is let's say, um, I'm just going to give the example of meals. So we, we do, and I'm just going to throw it out. So it, it comes out to be, I think 40 or $50 a day or something. So maybe about $2,000 a month. And so, so $2,000 is allocated to January, 2000 to February. So if we go over in January, what I like to do is take it from the future or from February and with kind of a asterisk. So I know that I'm doing it. And so you, you keep doing that. Um, but, but Irene likes to take it from another category, not from the future. And I don't always like that because like, no, that's why we budgeted it. If you start taking it from another like charity, you're like, what's the point of that? Or what's the point of taking it from life insurance? Because that's a set amount. So, so it's a little bit of difference, but obviously we've kind of worked it out. I think we've decided now that we always take it from the future. And then, then eventually if you run out of future, then you have to take it from another category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if that didn't make any sense, um, because you can't, <laughs> you can't see anything, see and yeah. Don't know us. But but once, <laughs> but the point is, is that you need to come up with solutions because you, whatever budgets you make, you will blow through them, or or they won't be accurate, and you need to decide what you're going to do about that. Mm-hmm. And, and I bring it up too because even I feel blessed that Andy and I, I feel have a pretty good working relationship. But even amongst us, like, no, I feel, I still feel like, oh, well, let's just balance it out this way. <laughs> and he's like, no, I really feel strongly we should do it this other way. And we've just come to figure out a way to move forward. So differences can exist in your budgeting plan as long as you both kind of understand the general sense and can go forward. Um, how would you, Andy, suggest people get started budgeting? Because I know it can be a very overwhelming Thing to yeah, and, start with. and I don't, I don't really know. I'm the from the school of most world problems can be solved by a spreadsheet. So, <laughs> um, and and I kind of say that jokingly because people have told me that. But so I, you know, I created my own spreadsheet, and over time, I kept changing it around and making it work and figuring out things and and that. But that's not everybody, and. Uh, I know there's a lot of online things that'll help you do budgeting and I've looked at them and every time I look at them, I like, like that works to a point, you know, they all have their own bias and, and I don't know that some of those are any good. Matter of fact, I think they can be, they can make things worse. That's my feeling on it. 
but in essence is you need to figure out what works for you and be okay about ditching it if it doesn't work like like and but but the big thing is is that whatever you do you have to be 100 percent on it as a as a team until you're not mm-hmm. and then change things and or, sorry anything else no nah, that's good i would say too if i were going to suggest to somebody who has not done a budget before maybe one thing to get started is just to start tracking where you're spending your money so you have some idea of where your money is going which sounds obvious but some people don't do that and so i know i met someone on our travels who says i don't know what program she uses but she will just like with every expense she's found some kind of app on her phone and she can put it into a category And that way, at the end of the month, she knows where they've spent their money. So that would be like maybe the first starting phase of knowing where your money goes. And that would help you to be able to create categories and know about how much money you would need to budget into each of those categories for each month of the year in order to have enough at your current spending level. And maybe you're spending too much. And that, I mean, the whole idea of a budget is to know, um, how to properly spend your money. So. Yeah. So, or, so you have enough money. So if I, something comes up like property tax, which is funny, I use that as an example now because we don't have property. So we don't have property tax, but life insurance is a good one if you have that, right? Because that's a set amount every year and you know exactly what that is and you should just throw it in your budget. And so that when it comes, you don't have to worry. You have the money. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, no problems with it. And, and there's all these two things of like, what do you do at the end of the year? We always have extra money, right? I always, just the way the budget works. And then I just roll it over into next year or something, or we'll, you know, we'll talk about like, oh, let's give a little bonus in the beginning because we saved some money into my personal or something, or, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. But that's always fun. I, I always like a little extra money than no money, right? That's just no fun. Yeah. And Yeah. There's certain categories that we try really hard not to touch as well, like charity. We have a set amount that goes in every month. And then actually about this time of year, it's really fun because we each, we divide up the money or we talk through who we want to donate the money to. And then we spend some time making those donations and it feels really good. Um, Okay, well, I hope this has given you some insight, at least into how we navigate our finances and budgeting, because I often feel like it's a very hidden topic. I hope it hasn't overwhelmed you. I hope it's just given you some ideas on how to get started. Um, Feel free to reach out with any questions you may have to myself at theworldschoolingspace at gmail.com. Anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. And um, I don't know if this is the best thing to say, but if somebody, we'd be happy to help people show, show them what we have and what works. So, because a visual is much better than just talking. Yeah, perhaps in the show notes, I can even put our categories. That might be helpful. Yeah, or yeah, and and so we can talk on a case by case if somebody wants wants to see, well, what we've got, and how we're you know see our actual numbers and see how what I did works. I don't know if I'd recommend what we did for a lot of people because you'd have to be pretty not savvy but be okay about spreadsheets. Yeah. Oh, David Ramsey is a guy that I was thinking of earlier in the show. 
And I know he does, I think it's called like financial freedom workshops. Yeah. There's a bit of a religious bent, but you can still take it even if you're an atheist or not of that religion. And then, you know, just learn from it, see the process so you can then roll your own or get some insight into what works well with that, that system. Yeah. All right. So just remember the goal is sleep better at night. Yes. Be in control of your finances. All right. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Andy, for joining me. 